Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. This morning's Old Testament lesson is taken from Psalm 42, verses 1 through 5. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things, though, I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So our lesson from Hebrews this morning is from chapter 9, verses 24 through 28. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands. It was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's very presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would not have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die but once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he may appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting on him. I would ask that you please rise for your able as we read this morning's gospel lesson from Mark chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. As he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put in and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth but a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others combined. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. May God bless the reading, 
hearing and understanding of his word. You may be seated. Sorry, Chris, I'm going to borrow your... <laughs> so a story was shared about a woman who was diagnosed with a, with a terminal illness. Uh, she was getting her final things in order. She met with her pastor uh, to talk about some of those things that she wanted to have in her service and some of the details that she wanted to have. She went through some scripture passages, hymns, and and other remembrances. She even thought about the clothes that she wanted to wear. But what she asked for last caught the pastor off guard. She asked to have a fork put in her right hand. This confused the pastor. So he asked her about this fork. Uh, She told them that through all of her years, she remembers so many potlucks so many feasts, so many wedding celebrations, and all of these wonderful gatherings of people where, where there was food all over the place. And, and she always remembered them because the, the, it was invariably at some point, as people were clearing the dishes, the, the waitstaff would say, keep your fork. <laughs> keep your fork. This was her favorite part of the meal. When she heard those words, she knew that something better was coming. Yeah. It might have been chocolate cake, apple pie, or maybe chocolate eclair dessert. <laughs> so when people came to the, to, to the funeral, they would look in the casket one last time and they would see the fork in this woman's hand. And she said, when they do, when they notice that and they ask, I want you to tell them, keep your fork. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, God, we strive to hear your word. And so we want to hear your message this morning. A message of hope, grace, and love. And so God, I ask that that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words. Your words for your people. Your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So I encourage you to have, I didn't mention this earlier, but to have your bulletins handy. Uh, In your bulletins, uh, as I remind you each and every week, that you have scripture passages, you have questions to reflect on during the week, but you also have places where you can take notes. You can jot down a couple of things so that when the Spirit speaks to you this morning... Because I truly believe that the Spirit will speak to you this morning, will give you a message, will give you a a little nudge or a little push that you can write those down. Have you ever been homesick? I think we all uh, have this feeling of being homesick from time to time. I remember one very vividly. It's my senior year of college. I was going down to Greenville College, Greenville, Illinois, uh, and it was my senior year. It was going to be the best year ever. I found an apartment that I was going to have by myself, and as an introvert, I know, confusing for many of you, but as an introvert, (laughs) that was going to be the best thing because I wouldn't have to worry about a roommate or somebody that I had to to entertain or something, you know, at all times of the day, so it was going to be wonderful. 
I got down there. Uh, and maybe it was the fact that the, the first trip that I made down there, I didn't have my TV, my stereo, uh, and just the bare necessities. And I was alone. I mean, really alone. Yes, there were people on campus, but I wasn't anywhere near campus. And so uh, I, when I go home at night after dinner and I just sit at home, didn't even have a phone hooked up, I think, at that point. And, of course, that was prior to having all those wonderful cell phones. Uh, so, you know, you couldn't call anybody. You couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't listen to anything. I was homesick. I got this feeling that I was done with school. It's my senior year. And I got this feeling that I just want to go home. I don't want to be there anymore. I just need to be somewhere else. You ever felt homesick? Where it didn't matter what was going on, that maybe that should have been the time of your life, but you're like, nope, I need to be somewhere else. You see, today is All Saints Sunday. It is this special Sunday in which we celebrate the saints that have finished their race finish their race on earth and rest now in the arms of their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And while this might be a somber service of, of grief and loss, I think we also need to notice the hope and the promise in what we're celebrating today. You see, death is a natural experience. It's something that will happen to all of us unless there's some of you out here that have figured out how to cheat death but I don't think any of us have figured that out yet. But just because it is something that we will all face one day, it does not mean that we have to fear it. We don't have to be afraid of it. Scripture is full of passages that speak about these reasons that we should not fear this, and it's because God is with us. I remember uh, some final conversations that I had with Lori. And a conversation that that when I asked her how she was feeling, she says, I'm afraid. And we all assured her, what do you have to be afraid of? This is something that, that you have been counting on, that you have been preaching to so many people around you that, that, that there is more to this life, that there is something greater that is coming. Keep your fork. There's something better that is coming. I mean, Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, there is plenty of room for you in my Father's house. If it, that weren't so, would I have told you that, I, that I'm on my way to prepare a room for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back for you so that you can live where I live. Heaven. Paradise. Eternity with God. This is what we long for. This is our soul's home. A question was asked, uh, and, and I, you know, I, I usually say this, and I forgot to say this at the beginning, that, that if you have a question that comes up today, that my cell phone is in the bulletin, so you can text me a question, uh, and I can try to get to it. We'll see what happens. I did have a question texted in already, and I don't think it's a play on Celine Dion, uh, but it said, does our heart really go on? <laughs> And I think I mentioned uh, in, in a service recently that, that we talk about whether or not uh, what happens when you die. Do we die? And I said, you know, somebody had mentioned that, uh, that as people remember you, 
and to share memories and stories about your life, do we ever really die? Do we live on in the memories and in the stories? The stories of of your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents. What are the stories that you tell that we continue to live on? Where we remember saints that continue to live on. You see, St. Augustine once wrote something like this. Our souls will be restless until they rest in thee. Our souls will be restless until they rest in thee. Yes, I believe that. I mean, we're living in a world that is restless. Doesn't take you much to look around and see that there's a lot of restlessness going on in the world around us. Longing for something. Longing for the divine presence. Longing for peace. However, It may never truly come until we finally rest in God. There is pain, anger, there is violence, there is frustrations and disunity all around us. But in heaven, it will not be so. Think about that that perfect vision of life when all is love of God and love of neighbor. Can you picture what that would look like? It might be hard. What would it look like to live in a world where there is nothing but the love of God and the love of neighbor? There's an old gospel song that speaks words like, uh, speaks words like this. They say that heaven's pretty and living here is too. But if they said that I would have to choose between the two. I'd go home, going home, where I belong. Going home, longing for home. While there may be days that that I don't want to leave friends and family, I still know where my heart and my soul belong. I am on, like many of you, on this journey of hope. We are on this path together. And the destination is the same for us all. We may take a little different path getting there. We all don't follow, <coughs> we all don't follow the same roads. But I hope that we are all striving for that final resting place. I mean, in a few minutes, we're, we're going to name off some of those saints, some of those members that we have lost within Journey of Hope, and we're going to light a candle for them and then celebrate Holy Communion in the light of their lives, in the light of their lives. But there will be more candles lit as well. Because I'm going to invite you to come up and light a candle for all of those that you have lost in your life as well. You can speak their names when you do it, or just silently light a candle in their memory. But before that comes, I want to remind us of something that the writer of Hebrews said. Many times this special Sunday is marked by a different, uh, by a different reading. You might remember a passage that talks about being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. A great, bless you, a great cloud of witnesses. And while we truly are today, even in this room, 
none are less important. We're surrounded by these these cloud of witnesses. But now, the lectionary today points to something a little different. A writer is reminding us of some old traditions, ones that are found throughout the Old Testament regarding priests and the offering of sacrifices. You see, in those days, people needed to have an intercessory. They needed to have somebody that would speak to God on their behalf. They needed to have a priest that would offer sacrifices on behalf of the people, cleansing them of their sins. If you remember, they they entered into this holiest of holies, which was a separate room that only they could enter. It's behind the curtain in the temple. But note that it wasn't that uh, it wasn't something that would need to be done, or what Jesus did was not something that needed to be done over and over and over again, like the priest did. Jesus' sacrifice was done once and for all. Jesus opened the door for us to enter into the very presence of God. You remember the curtain of the temple that I just mentioned, the one that divided the ordinary from the the holiest of holies. When Jesus died, that curtain was torn in two. The barrier which was between the people of God and God himself was removed. Now we have access. We have access to God, our creator, because that is what Jesus did on the cross. He opened that space up for us. There are times when I question the the selection of lectionary readings and how they might go together because there's usually at least four. This week was no different, especially as we hear the passage from Hebrews about the sacrifice of Christ. And immediately following, we heard about a widow who put in the two coins representing all that she had. But maybe we can draw a line connecting this widow giving everything that she had to Jesus, who gave everything he had. He gave us his life for ours. He did this so that he could appear on our behalf when that day finally comes, like he has done for all of those whom we will name this morning. I once heard someone explain it this way. When the day comes, when we finally see Jesus face to face, when we are at that judgment seat and God looks upon us, who will God see? And we will be robed in Christ. Which to me sounds like that God will see the perfect Jesus Christ and not us. That he will see our sins no more, that he sees what Jesus did on the cross, and there is the perfect person. We will be perfect in the sight of God. We will then hear these words, those words that that we probably all are counting on, those words that say, well done, good and faithful servant. Just like all the saints that have gone on before us, I will rejoice in the very presence of God. Is this not what we are all longing for? This longing for home. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth about this when he wrote, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. 
Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Won't it be nice to finally understand fully all the things from our life? I think that that we all have that list of questions, don't we? That questions that we want to ask Jesus, things that we didn't understand. We didn't get this, God. What, What was this? We long for the day when everything will come into focus, when we will stand face to face with our Lord and Savior. We might even feel a little bit like Paul who seemed to be torn between this world and wanting to begin his eternity. He said that to die is to gain, but he also knew that there was so much work to do right here. Yes, when the day comes, it will be wonderful. It will be glorious. It will be everything that you have hoped for and more but there is still work to do. Right here, right now. We can't just sit back and long for the day when we reach heaven. God has called us for so much more than that. We are called to live our lives proclaiming the love of God in our words and our actions. We are called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is what it means to participate in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, which many will say is heaven. So it is true that heaven, or the kingdom of God, is already and not yet. It is not only that place that we are waiting for, that we are striving to get to, but it is also a place that is right in front of us right in front of us. Each one of these names that are listed in your bulletin represents someone who participated in the kingdom of God right here and is now enjoying it even more. They kept their fork. Our passage from Hebrews ended with these words. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are in my translation, says eagerly waiting for him. Are you eagerly waiting? Are you eagerly waiting for Jesus' return? Are you eagerly waiting for home? Are you longing for home? What is that home that is calling out to you? Where is your final home? We no longer have to long for home. We know where home is. And we know that he will return for us. And he will take us to that place. And so if you feel homesick, ever, know that that God is with you. And that God longs for you to, to go with him to that place. And so as we get ready to leave this place, I hope that you have not forgotten your fork. That maybe you go across the hallway into the community room and enjoy some coffee and and some refreshments and, and some conversations with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Hold on to that fork because the best is yet to come. Amen? All right. Go forth knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.